0: Welcome to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I am your host, Isaac Wolf. We have a lot of games to recap, so we're going to start off with Bucks Magic Game 3. The Bucks dominated, led by as many as 34 points. Now, the Magic made a run in the second half to cut the lead to 12, but one last punch by the Bucks at the end of the game that gave them the 121 107 win. Chris Middleton, much better 17 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Giannis, great as always, 35, 11, and 7. In Game 4, Milwaukee ended up taking a 3 1 lead in the series. They have taken control now and are probably going to finish this out in five. I figured that was going to happen as soon as Orlando won game one. I thought it was a fluke. Heat Pacers game three. Miami looked ready to start wrapping this series up early. Went up by as many as 20 in the first half. But the Pacers fought back, led by Malcolm Brogdon, who was amazing. 34 points, 7 rebounds, 14 assists. Maybe his best game ever. They got the lead down to two multiple times late in the fourth. They just could never get over the hump. TJ Warren helped Brogdon with 23. Victor Oladipo had 20. But the Heat had four 20-point scorers. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic, and Tyler Hero. And they shot 52 free throws. Made 43 of them. If you're a defensive-minded head coach like Nate McMillan is, that's too many trips to the free throw line. They shot, the Heat shot almost 40% from three. This team is the real deal on the offensive end. We knew their defense was going to be good. It it almost always is under Eric Spolstra. But their offense is top 10 in the league. Specifically, their shooting. This Heat team can stroke it from deep. That charge, of course, led by Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. But I think what's made the difference in this series for Miami is starting Goran Dragic. The veterans started just three games the entire regular season was used as a six-man behind undrafted rookie Kendrick Nunn, who was named a finalist for Rookie of the Year along with Zion and Ja. But in this series, he started all three games. And look at his averages. 20, about 20 points, three rebounds, five assists a game. He has been the difference. He has outplayed every Indiana guard, with the exception of Brogdon on Saturday, in this series. And I think... This is the way to go to the rest of the playoffs if you're Miami. Keep giving Drogic starters minutes. As good as none has been this season, Drogic is just playing better and it's really benefiting the Miami Heat. Who went up 3 nothing with the Heat, or who went up 3 0 against the Pacers with that win on Saturday. And they ended up sweeping in game four with a 99 87 win yesterday. So, the one series I predicted to go seven games ended up being a sweep. Let's just ignore my amount of games predictions for all the rest of the series because that's really one of the hardest things to predict. And I mean, let's just, it, it's really hard to do. And just, let's just pay attention to who I predicted to win each series because so far I'm three for three. Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Rockets, Thunder, game three. Houston jumped out to a double-digit lead early in the first quarter, but Oklahoma City quickly closed that gap, and it was close the rest of the way. Late in the fourth quarter, Rockets up by two. P.J. Tucker inbounds the ball. Eric Gordon, the intended receiver of the pass, gets tangled, tangled up with Dennis Schroeder. Falls down, and the ball rolls out of bounds. But it's ruled Rockets' ball because the refs believe Stephen Adams' finger deflected it, which it looked like it did. I, I think it did. It the, the, looked like the spin on the ball changed. And besides, Adams went diving after it out of bounds. Now, he did avoid it, but he went after it. I don't know why he would if he didn't think he didn't touch it. But anyway, the refs overturned the call, gave the Thunder the ball, and Shea Gilders-Alexander hit a corner three to put OKC up one with 14 seconds left. Then on the other end, the Rockets have the ball. Daniel House drives, gets fouled, makes one of two free throws. Tie game. It goes to overtime after Chris Paul misses a reverse layup at the buzzer. Then in overtime, James Harden fouls out early with four minutes and seven seconds left on an okay call, I mean, he jumped and made contact with Lou Dort on his way up for a layup. But the Thunder took advantage of that. They they dominated the rest of overtime and won by 12, 119 to 107. The Thunder, however, had to put a lot of effort towards this win. Four guys with 20-point games. Schroeder, 29. Paul, 26. Gilgis Alexander, 23. Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari, 18... Or, excuse me, 20. My guess is... I don't think that would happen again. It was, however, it was close to happening in game four, which we will get to in a second. But those guys, those four guys played the best they could, and it still took overtime to beat Houston, who had a bad shooting night, just 15 of 50 from three. James Harden, three of 12 from the outside. He still had 38 points. But do I believe the Thunder are going to end up winning this series? Mm, Still no. Do I believe if James Harden didn't foul out of game three, the Rockets would have won that and gone up 3-0? Yes, but he didn't. And now we go to game four. It's 2-1, Rockets in the series lead. It's even through the first half, 60-60 the score at halftime. But the Rockets made their first eight threes of the third quarter. However, they went just five of 26 the rest of the game from that's that's just from three five of 26 they attempted 58 threes on the game made like 23 of them i want to say they ended up losing 117 114 but shooting the shooting wasn't the issue it was the turnovers three careless possessions late in the fourth quarter screwed them over first harden and gordon didn't communicate on a back cut Harden throws the pass out of bounds, turnover. Then P.J. Tucker was called for a moving screen, turnover. Then James Harden throws a lazy outlet pass after getting the rebound, turnover. Ends up being a ends up in a clutch, Dennis Schroeder layup. That's what killed the Rockets. Three empty possessions in the last two minutes. Otherwise, they probably would have won. Those were two winnable games for Houston. They weren't outplayed. They just they. They did it to themselves. I mean, if Daniel House makes both free throws at the end of game three, the Rockets win that. If they don't turn it over, that could have, I mean, it could have ended up in a sweep. But instead, it's 2-2 now. The series is tied. And now, there's a little more rush to get Westbrook back. Once that happens, however, I think you can call the series. But right now, the Rockets, I mean, they just need to fix the little things. If they do that, they should win. Lakers-Blazers, Game 3, LA took a 2-1 series lead after dominating the fourth quarter, particularly defensively, held Portland to just 22 points. Final score, 116-108. That had to give you confidence as a Lakers fan. Your team got it together after Game 1 and is defending the Trailblazers very well since then. They've been defending them very well. Lillard still had 34, but the team's offense is not near as potent as it was a week ago. Game 4. Lakers playing on Mamba Day. This was yesterday, August 24th, eight twenty four. They had so much energy from the get-go. 43 first quarter points, 80 in the first half. I was really hoping they'd get 81, but LeBron did not get fouled on his layup with like three seconds left in the first half. However, at one point, the score was, take a guess, you've probably seen it by now, 24-8. Lakers had the lead. I mean, come on. You can't make that up. That was so cool. But they just kept, the, they, they kept that momentum throughout the entire game. Played their best game in the bubble so far, I believe. Won 135 to one uh, 115. LeBron James, 30 points, 10 assists. Anthony Davis, 18 points in 17 minutes. He left the game early with back spasms. He says he'll be fine, though. J.R. Smith, how about this? He finished with three points. He hit 1-3, and guess what it did? It tied him. With Kobe Bryant on the all-time list for playoff threes made at 292. That. That's pretty cool. The Lakers have grabbed momentum now in the series and will likely finish it out in five or six games. Damian Lillard, his knee was bothering him. He didn't play most of the second half. His first MRI was inconclusive however you want to say that. And so he's getting a second MRI. They really don't know what his status is for the rest of the series. And if that if he if he's out, I mean they're done. They're done. There's there's no way they beat the Lakers without the bubble MVP. Sixers Celtics game 4. Boston finished off Philly. Yes. My pick from the East to make it to the finals. Got swept in the first round. It looks bad, but I made that prediction before the season, before the chemistry issues, and before the Ben Simmons injury. I was still riding with the Sixers anyway after the chemistry issues, but before the Ben Simmons injury. After that happened, I knew they probably weren't getting past Boston. Otherwise, if they were healthy, I think they would have upset the Celtics. But of course, that wasn't the case, so... Kemba Walker, in his ninth season, finally won a playoff series, scored 32 points. He was the driving force behind this win, and I'm so happy for him. I really liked him in Charlotte, but we knew he wasn't going to go anywhere with them. Going to Boston was one of the best things he could have done to help his career. He's got a legit shot to make it to the finals now. Jason Tatum, spectacular once again, 28 points, 15 rebounds. He averaged 27 points per game in this series. If he and Kemba are hitting... And Jalen Brown, too. No one can stop this team in the East. All they have to worry about right now is being becoming more consistent and tr- the Raptors in the box. I think if they see Miami, they'll beat them. But Boston is looking legit. Four very good wins against the Sixers, who are still a good team without Sims. They're just not able to get up and down the floor run in transition without him, which opens up a lot of things offensively normally. They're really missing basically a whole component of their offense without uh, without Ben. Brett Brown, after this game, well, I think it was like the day after, was indeed fired. He was not dismissed like Alvin Gentry was. He was fired. I mean, getting swept, yeah, you had no Simmons, but you couldn't win one game against a team that, couldn't defend your other superstar that was on the floor? I mean, come on. This is the start of what I believe is going to be a lot of changes coming in Philadelphia in the next few months. We'll see how they reconstruct the roster. Elton Brand said that they're looking to change up not just the head coach, but the front office as well. I've heard names like Tyron Lue and Greg Popovich thrown out as potential candidates. Yeah. People are talking about Greg Popovich becoming the head coach of the Nets or the Sixers now that the Spurs playoff streak is over. That would be weird. Clippers Mavericks. Dallas without Porzingis, who was a late scratch due to knee soreness. Luka Doncic played. Uh, He became the first player since Magic Johnson in 1980 to have multiple... Triple doubles in his first four career playoff games. How about that? But the Clippers held control for most of the first half. Went up by as much as 21. But then Dallas outscored the Clippers 35-19 to in the third quarter. Went up by 8 going into the fourth. Lou Williams kept LA in at 36 points on the game. Kawhi Leonard missed a shot just before the buzzer sounded in regulation that could have broke a 121-121 tie. Into overtime we go. It's back and forth the whole way. Luka drives down the lane, makes a layup. To hit the 40-point mark with 19 seconds left, score 132-130 in favor of Dallas. Then the Clippers on the other end, Kawhi Leonard drives, has no room, kicks it out on a beautiful fake and no-look pass to Marcus Morris in the corner. He hits the three, 133-132 LA. But then, Luka magic happened. He had a step-back three at the buzzer. I guarantee you've seen it by now. It was the same move he's done over and over and over and over and over and over in games this season. I mean, it was pretty predictable. But anyway... Doncic was incredible. 43 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists, all on a sore ankle from last game. He played 46 minutes. And he did this all without Porzingis as well. He just willed this team to victory. I was blown away by the way he played. I mean, they were down by 21 in the second quarter without Porzingis, and he found a way to win. That's impressive. At 21 years old, Luka Doncic is the best player under 25 in the NBA. Giannis is 25. I said under 25. But the way he's been playing has just been unparalleled at his age. He's got a long, bright career ahead of him. But for now, he's got to be focused on upsetting the Clippers. Whose defensive effort and strategy late cost them. Here's why Luka was able to come up with those clutch baskets late, including the game winner. Every time he brought the ball up, Kawhi Leonard started on him. He was guarding Luka. But Dallas always did a wimpy little screen. And the Clippers switched Reggie Jackson onto Luka Doncic. And Kawhi did nothing to fight over the screen, go under it, stick with Luka. He didn't do any of that. And Reggie Jackson simply could not handle Doncic. He's not anywhere near the defender Kawhi is. I was disappointed in the way Kawhi didn't truly take on the challenge of defending Doncic. He just let these wimpy little moving screens take him out of the play. And that can't happen. I'd say if Kawhi was on him that last possession, it would have been a completely different outcome. I think Luka would have been forced into a tougher shot. And more likely, more than likely, would have not made it. But, I mean, that's what should have happened. But Kawhi was lazy. He could have easily fought through the screen and stayed with Doncic, come up with some stops, and win the game. But he didn't. And that concerns me going forward. Will Kawhi in the future, because you know if they get into a similar late-game situation, they're going to do the same thing and try to switch Leonard off of Doncic. Will Kawhi fight to stay with, with Luka? And shut him down? Or will Luka just continue to be dominant? I did predict Dallas would win this game, tie the series up, and then L.A. would take care of business in the next two games. But I didn't expect Dallas to have no Porzingis. I'm worried. Because Luka did that without Porzingis. Porzingis is huge. Porzingis is huge to what they do on both sides of the ball. It did take a superhuman effort from Doncic, but he's perfectly capable of doing that almost every night. It's insane. So LA, bigger, L.A. better figure something out defensively. And Paul George needs to flip the switch. He is still struggling shooting. And that's another big concern for L.A. because him not stepping up on offense hurts them a lot because he is their number two option on offense. But when he goes 4-for-17 in Game 2, 3-for-16 in Game 3, 3-for-14 three in Game 4, that's, that's unacceptable. They need game one PG, 27 points, 10 of 22 from the field. If he can't get it together offensively, I can't believe I'm saying this, but L.A. is in danger. Not the L.A. Lakers we've been worried about lately. The Clippers, my pick for the title, the best team in the league. They are getting it handed to them by this Dallas team that has one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in the league. If things keep going this way on both sides of the ball, there's reason for concern in this first-round series for the L.A. Clippers. Unbelievable. Anyway, Raptors Nets final score, 150 to 122. Yes, the Raptors scored 150 points. Their bench scored 100 points. Their bench! That's not a joke. Norman Powell had 29. Serge Ibaka had 27. Terrence Davis, 14. Matt Thomas, 12. Stanley Johnson, 9. Rondé Hollis, Jefferson, 4. Chris Boucher, 3. Paul Watson, 2. Add that up and you get 100. Probably the best team performance we've seen all season. Toronto finishes the franchise's first ever sweep without Kyle Lowry for most of the game. He left with an ankle injury. My guess is he'll be okay for the next series against the Celtics, which starts on Thursday, I think I heard. Because, anyway, uh, anyway, yes, it starts on Thursday. The The extra time off, the fact that they swept, helps. But he's got to be ready by Thursday if, if they want him. Celtics, Raptors... That's going to be a great series. My guess is Toronto is going to win in six or seven. If Boston wins, I think they'll need seven games. But that's going to be ultra competitive. I can't wait to see them go at it. Jazz Nuggets. The Jazz took a commanding 3-1 lead against the three-seed Nuggets. Yup. Donovan Mitchell scored 51 He became the third player ever to have multiple 50-point games in the same playoff series along with Allen Iverson and Michael Jordan. Him and Jamal Murray, who had 50 of his own, became the first opponents to score 50-plus points in the same playoff game. So, I don't think anyone had the Jazz taking a 3-1 lead. I certainly didn't. I said Nuggets in six. Now they'll need seven if they want to win the series. They have to win the next three games in order to move on, and I don't think they will. The absence of Gary Harris is really showing up on the defensive end. He would normally be their main lockdown perimeter defender, probably guarding Mitchell most of the time. But he's been out ever since the restart began. There is optimism he could return for game five, but I believe it's too little too late. They are down 3-1, and Harris hasn't played in over five months. It's not going to be a smooth transition back for him, I don't think. And they may get one more win, but I think Donovan is going to seal the deal sooner rather than later. Okay, so we played four games in each series so far. Bucks Magic is 3-1 Bucks. The Heat swept the Pacers. The Celtics swept the Sixers. The Raptors swept the Nets. Three sweeps in the Eastern Conference. Lakers Blazers, it's 3-1 LA. The Rockets Thunder is tied at 2-2. Nuggets Jazz, the Jazz have a 3-1 lead. And the Clippers are even with the Mavericks at 2-2. When we come back, there's all this talk about Luka Doncic. But there is... Another young star I would like to give some attention to. Stay with me for that. Welcome back to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I'm your host, Isaac Wolf. There is so much talk about Luka Doncic right now, so much hype surrounding him, especially after the game he played last night. Er, actually, it wasn't last night, it was the night before. But can we give Donovan Mitchell some attention? He's, been, he's doing things that are just as incredible as Doncic. I feel like Luka is getting more attention because he's had all this hype all season, some believing... He's playing. Some believe he's playing MVP basketball, MVP-level basketball. But Donovan Mitchell, he's got his team in position to upset the number three seed Denver Nuggets in their playoff series. When most people had Denver at least making it to the second round of the playoffs. He's averaging 39.5 points, four rebounds, five assists. He scored 57, may I remind you, in game one. Now, yes, that was the game they lost, but he had no help. And the Nuggets... Also had two guys that went off. Jokic and Murray each had 30+. But after a total of 50 points in the next two games, which they won, it was a very crucial Game 4 that he stepped up and took control of the series. You see, Doncic fell behind and had to wheel his team back into it. Mitchell put his team in position to take control, and he did. He stepped up big time. 51! Yes, 51 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists. And he survived a 50-point game from an opponent, Jamal Murray. And boy is... Donovan Mitchell is just tough. He just, he seems to always hit shots when it matters. Remember that regular season game between Denver and Utah that went into double overtime? Mitchell was hitting shot after shot after shot to keep Utah in the game. But he's someone who I think elevates his play in the big moments. There's a short list of players like that right now. Kawhi Leonard, most notably. LeBron has become that kind of the guy over time, over the course of his career. Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson. We talk about Game 6 Klay all the time. Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, and Donovan Mitchell. That's like seven to eight guys. If you're top seven or eight in the league in categories like that, you're, you're, you're something. And no, I didn't mention players like Anthony Davis or James Harden or Giannis. Because as great as they are normally, they don't go to another level in the playoffs they're typically the same just as good as they normally were which is really really good but they don't necessarily get better now anthony davis hasn't had enough of those big moments to the point where we can really fairly judge him in that area he's only he's only played in like three playoff series Giannis, until he asserts his dominance in the playoffs not just in the first round we will have to wait and see with him and he's going to have a long future ahead of him so have plenty he'll have plenty of chances to put himself in that category and i think he eventually will And James Harden has a track record of not elevating his play and being inefficient in the playoffs. But back to Donovan. He's just a guy you want with the ball with the game on the line. He will deliver. And I make that comment based on his career, not just based on this series or the past four weeks. I mean, he should have been Rookie of the Year probably over Ben Simmons when Simmons wasn't really a rookie yet. It was his first year on the court, so he was eligible for the award. But he's been making plays since... He was drafted basically when he when he came in, under hyped. Nobody knew nobody knew about him. Denver traded him on draft night, picked him 13th, and then traded him to Utah. 20 and a half points per game, his rookie season. Up that to 23 last year, and now 24 this year. Was named an All Star. He's been doing this for years. It's just flown under the, under the radar. A because he didn't have as much attention as Luca did coming in, and B he plays in Utah. Most, and yes, a lot of people recognized his spectacular play as a rookie. Talking about Donovan. But last year, he really got no publicity. And going out in the first round, back-to-back years to the Houston Rockets didn't help. Actually, that's inaccurate. He lost in the conference semifinals to the Rockets in his rookie year. They lost in the first round last year. Anyway. But those, those two playoff series have shaped him into what he's done this year. Again, 24 points per game, all-star. And he's got his team in position to upset the number three seed Nuggets in the first round. And it's all because of him. Yes, Gobert was very important in the game three win. But Donovan... Donovan just plays like he's older. He's only 23. And he's already making huge strides from one year to the next. Maybe not statistically. All, although the... 50 point games are certainly worth noting but as a leader as a playmaker and that's not just the passing playmaker type we think of in a point guard i'm talking about a guy who makes plays for himself uh and others in big moments of big games he's just wise beyond his years he has the poise of a veteran when paul Millsap blocked him last night a little there was a little over a minute left in the game Utah was up one, but Paul Millsap blocked him, stared him down, and then walked away. And as soon as I saw Millsap do that, I was like, okay, he's about to do something. He's going to clutch up, and that he did. He buried a three in Millsap's face. I literally called it. I knew, I knew he was going to step up and get revenge. I don't know what my opinion means to you, but that says something about Donovan Mitchell. When I know he is about to make a play because of something rather unnoticed that happened to him, that says something. To me, the confidence that I have in him to make that play, that's the way I wanted to word it, the confidence. I have confidence in Mitchell to put the team on his back, make big plays, and win games now. That's the biggest jump I think he's made is winning games, specifically in the playoffs where he lost in five games to Houston in his first two years. Now he's got his team up 3-1 on the three seed, and they are getting ready to play either the Clippers or the Mavericks. I predict it will be the Clippers, but if it is the Mavericks, Watching Donovan Mitchell play against Luka Doncic, that will be a very, very, very fun series. But I think Donovan Mitchell deserves more attention for what he's been doing. Everyone's talking about Luka, but Donovan's doing some things that are arguably more impressive. Talk to me when you win a playoff series, Luka. To wrap up today, this day in NBA history, in 1965, boy, that was a while ago, Boston Celtic legend Bill... Russell signed a contract as the highest, as the NBA's highest played player, making one more dollar than our driver, Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain, I believe, signed a contract for $100,000. And Russell's contract was for $100,001. And yes, that was completely intentional by Bill Russell. Happy birthday to Karis LeVert, who unfortunately just got swept out of the playoffs. But his team has a very bright future with KD and Kyrie next season. I'm gonna i I'm gonna say something right now. It's a little early, I know, but I'm gonna say that the Nets are going to the finals next year. Anyway, happy birthday also to Robert Ory, seven-time NBA champion Robert Ory. We will be back on. Thursday with another podcast.